I have a story um, as we get started here. But first of all, I, man, there's just so much going on today. Um, happy Father's Day, guys. Um, and, uh, and for the ladies out there, maybe you are the dad in your home. Happy Father's Day to you, too. <laughs> you know who you are. Um, but we, we, we want to honor you. Um, we want to uh, bless you this morning. So, uh, guys, uh, happy Father's Day. We have a gift card for you we want to give you at the end of service. Um, uh, we gave the moms a uh, coffee card. We thought about giving the guys coffee, but as we were thinking about it, we were like, eh, that's not every guy. I mean, not that all girls like coffee. But, um, so what we're doing is we're giving you a $5 gift card to Fleet. Um, here in town, and uh, what you can do with that is uh, maybe you'll be like me, and you'll go in and buy a couple energy drinks, because, wow, uh, what a great way to spend five dollars, right? Um, or you can be, or you can be like the, the awesome guy, and uh, maybe there's a lure you had your eye on, and, and uh, you know, this is for you, so, um, or whatever you want to spend it on, but that's for you. We'll have um, people in the back um, handing those out as you leave today, um, so just want to say, bless you, dads, um, but I have a story. Before we get started, um, I am a dad, and uh, I have five kids. My name is Jordan, by the way, um, if you don't know me. Um, I'm the youth and worship pastor here at Crossroads. Hi. <laughs> she beat you to it, Jacob. <laughs> Hi, Janelle. <laughs> um, but uh, we, uh, my wife, Amber, um, is helping out. She's doing kids' church today. Um, we're kind of spread out. It's Team Gunderson today, I guess, but... Um, we, we are, uh, we have five kids, and they keep us very, very busy. Um, if you, it, they're, uh, my oldest is sitting here, and she knew I was going to embarrass her today. Um, Katie is, how old are you, 11? And, <laughs> and uh, just joined the youth group, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but we, ha- we have three boys, nine, uh, six, and four, and then a beautiful little two-year-old girl who's very, very talkative lately. Um, but our four-year-old son... Um, Cohen. How many of you have met Cohen? Um, he is, he, he is just wonderful. Um, <laughs> he's very busy, very busy at home. And uh, this last week, he decided to play chef. Um, so he got a chair, he drug it over to the oven, he turned the oven on. Um, so he know, he's watched, you know, his mother and I push the, you know, bake, start enough times that that's how it works. And then he took a cookie sheet and he walked over to the pantry, and he started just grabbing stuff and putting it in. <laughs> the, the, the cake pan. Sorry, it was a cake pan. And then uh, I, I, was, I was not home at this time. Um, I'm sure Amber was busy chasing around the other four kids. And he, he put the cake pan in the oven, closed the door, and forgot about it. But I, I pulled this bubbling mass out of the oven... Our, our hole upstairs is filled with nasty, nasty smoke. And it wasn't so much what was in the pan that was smoking and bubbling, but what had overflowed and was lining the bottom of our, of our oven. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, man, it's just... Being, being a parent is so much fun. Um, <laughs> it, really, it really wasn't that bad. Um, <laughs> But our kitchen was a little smoky for a while, um, and then when I tried cleaning it, <laughs> thank God for self-cleaning ovens, right? 
except when the bubbling mass is this thick, it, you really have to kind of scrape it out first, right? So anyway, um, which kind of brings me to what I'm talking about today. We're talking about discipline, and uh, sort of, not really. Uh, we, we are talking about discipline, but, um, you know, Father's Day can be an interesting time for a lot of us. Um, some of us have had um, good father figures in her life. Maybe not your biological dad, but some kind of, some person in your life is a good father figure um, to use. Um, some of us may not have had that. And so Father's Day can kind of be a bittersweet time. Um, maybe, maybe you wish the, you know, the dads that are part of your life were um, better than they are. Um, but, uh, so wherever that sits with you, um, we understand. Uh, we, we, we pray for you. Um, you know, that God would bring healing and restoration where that's possible. Um, but for, for those of us that are dads, um, today's, today's definitely a, a sweet day. Um, it's a time of reflection, a time of thinking about all the things that we've gotten right and the many, many more things we haven't. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's an amazing time um, being a dad. You know, today's a special day for me, too. I bring this up every time I'm, I'm up here on Father's Day. This is my anniversary here at Crossroads today. Um, I think it was that that really could have been louder, but whatever. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, but yeah, three it was uh, three years ago today. Um, I started leading worship up here, so it was, it, it's kind of that always goes through my head too. Um, and uh, so I love this church, love being a part of this church. Um, but uh, being being a dad is is just so amazing and so challenging and and i was started thinking about um how um god is our father um you know he's our father what does that mean what does that look like um there's a lot the bible says about it but this this i know jesus prayed when jesus prayed he said our father who art in heaven um and so if jesus the son of god is calling god our father um i think that's something we could pay attention too and you know so whatever the father figure you had that you this this is so true and and as i say this this might be like mind-blowing to you but a lot of times when we think of god we sort of superimpose the father figure in our life to be how we view god so if you had a good dad a good dad you have a better chance of seeing god in a positive light and seeing god in a good way if you had a dad that was just rough and mean and and uh a negative person um you know yelled at you for everything a, a lot of times we can view god in the same way and 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 it actually makes coming to god a lot harder for some people if they had a, a bad relationship with a father figure in their life um but all of that aside and it's it's hard to put that aside um god is not like our earthly dads he's not he's better um he's perfect um he's holy and so we're going to look at God uh, for a little bit in, in the perspective as our father in the area of discipline. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second here. Um, how many of you were here like three weeks ago when I preached last? Um, I, I preached out of Hebrews 11. We talked about um, all of the things that, uh, how to have faith and the, the kind of faith that God wants us to have. Um, we are going to start, I, I ended that, that message with um, the first few verses of Hebrews 12. And we're actually going to start there today. Um, and uh, Pastor John gave me a challenge to pick a scripture passage and stick to it. 
Um, a, a lot of times, um, and if any of you are interested in reading his doctoral dissertation, go for it. Um, uh, but he talked about uh, preaching techniques or something, so this is, this is me uh, stepping up and uh, trying to improve what I do here. All right, so what should we do when we're trying to improve? Let's pray. <laughs> All right, let's pray together. God, as we take a look at your word in the book of Hebrews, God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, you have so much to say, so much to enlighten in our hearts. I pray that you would awaken your, your, your word in our hearts and help us to follow you, help us to become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Father's Day. There's, you know, there's this question that we often ask. Um, why do bad things happen to good people? Um, that's, that's this whole other thing that we could talk about, but it's a question we ask all the time. When we see um, uh, mass shootings, when we see uh, 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 all sorts of horrible things happening, um, pick, pick your favorite topic, your least favorite topic. Um, we ask, why is that happening? Why are the tragedies happening? Why, why, why did that person's um, house get hit by, you know, a flood or a tornado and the, you know, the heathen next to them was untouched? You know, we ask this, why do bad things happen to good people? It's, it's something we wrestle with a lot. Um, especially if you are a believer, uh, maybe you thought that becoming a Christian would mean that your life is going to be easy from now on. That, that uh, all of the bad stuff that you got out of, thank God you got out of that, and now it's just going to be um, fr- easy sailing from here on out. Well, that's, if you've been in this, this uh, thing very long called the Christian faith, you know that's just not true. Um, it, it, there are trials and tribulations that we face, and we often ask God, why is this happening to me? Um, so instead of asking, why do bad things happen to good people, or why is this happening to me, to personalize that, we're going to ask this question instead. How should I respond when bad things happen to me? How should I respond when bad things happen to me? Uh, there, there are so many times, um, just thinking back, um, growing, growing up in a, I always go back to these, growing up in a, a Christian home, um, going to a secular school, um, I don't know how many of you have done that, most of you, some of you, um, it can be tough, it can be tough to walk out your faith um, in, a, in a, a school, especially when you, you stand up for your faith, um, there, there's this thing called see what the pull, any of you guys have heard of that? It's a, a, it's a day where we encourage students, um, even from elementary all the way through college, to gather around their flagpoles before school starts, and they pray for the school. It's usually um, one of the first Wednesdays of September that happens, and, and we, we do that. And at our school, um, it was just uh, me and my two sisters that showed up, and and it's really, really awkward. You can kind of picture this. Um, a busy school, flagpole right by the front door. It's me, you know, and my two sisters, which wasn't cool to hang out with your sisters at school. And while, while the three of us are standing around, probably feel, feeling really stupid, praying for a school, um, student after student walked by staring at us, right? Um, some laughing at us or, you know, making comments as they walked by. And... Uh, it can be really hard to stand up for your faith. Or, or, or even in the moment um, when I was in our uh, government class and somebody brought up a, a debate on abortion and, um, and uh, me being pro-life, 
um, and uh, vocal. I, I spoke out about what I, I believed and what I thought was right, what I felt like God taught and teaches in Scripture. And ended up having this huge eruption in class with, uh, with a, a young lady who was an atheist. And, and we had this, this horrible debate um, in the middle of class, disrupted class, just the two of us going. And, uh, and, uh, and my teacher, and guys, I wish I had been more sensitive, but I was a dumb high school boy, right? Um, my teacher is breaking down in tears. And, and she tells me to be quiet or she's going to send me to the office, which was kind of a big deal to me because I was one of those good kids. And, um, and just, it, it took me probably 15 years or so till I went back to that moment and realized, oh my goodness, I wonder, I don't know if this is true, but I wonder if she had had an abortion, if this was something that was, you know, hard for her. And I just remember... Um, just feeling bad about that 15 years later, right? But, but uh, in that moment, just feeling like I was alone, standing up for what I felt was right, and it seemed like everyone else was kind of coming against me. Um, and uh, uh, my classmates inviting each other to parties on the weekends, and nobody's inviting me. Boo-hoo, right? Uh, I would have said no. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, so um, it, all these things are, are, are happening, and uh, I mean, that's my experience. I, I went to a Bible college, went out of Bible college, started working in church. I've been in church life. Um, so this is my secular, mostly secular experience. For a few months, I worked, I worked at Amazon, guys. You know that? For a month at the New Fulfillment Center down in Shakopee. That was an experience, guys. Um, just a melting pot, um, a, a lot of immigrants, um, um, working there, um, every color you could imagine, every language you could imagine, every religion you could imagine. It was exhilarating being amongst uh, those people in, in that amazing facility. Go visit it sometime. Um, but uh, we were so busy there, I didn't have time to interact with others and talk about faith and stuff. So high school was, was it for me. Um, many of you work a secular job. Uh, most of you do, and you understand what it's like, um, you know, spending hours and hours and hours and hours and hours with other people who maybe believe different than you. And when you stand up for your, for your faith and your workplace, it can be hard. But you know, it's not just what happens in the workplace. Um, bad things are happening. Um, you have sickness that hits your family, a tragedy that strikes your family. You have, um, you have things that, that hurt, uh, things that break you. And you ask, God, why is this happening? Um, let's take a look here um, at Hebrews 12, and we're going to go through this um, and pause every moment. I'm going to ask a couple of questions to think about, and then we're going to um, come to an end. So let's fly. Woo. But you can follow along. I have my notes on my phone. That's what I'm squinting at up here. Um, you can follow along on the screen behind me. I'm in the ESV if you're using one of our Bibles. Um, so here we go. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Um, I want to take a look at this idea of this race that's at the end of verse uh, 1. Run the race. And here's a question I'm asking you. 
um, this morning. What race are you running? Before we talk about how to deal with the junk that's happening in our life, we need to ask this question. What race are you running? Why do I ask that? Because if you don't have, if you're not running your life um, pursuing God, if you're not running the race marked out for you, which is living your life sold out 100% to God and living for Him, then tragedy will never make sense to you. The pain and hurt of life will never make sense to you if you are not running the race. And that's why this is so important to understand. What race are you running? Are you running for God? Are you running for the things of God? Or are you chasing your own things? Are you chasing, you know, the quote-unquote American dream? Are you, are you chasing um, financial security? Are you, are you chasing um, popularity? Are you, you know, are, you, are you chasing, you know, the toys? You know, are you chasing relationships that, that fulfill, y- you know, you? And not, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's a, what race are you running? Where's your ma- main focus? And where are your eyes fixed? It's so important. The pain and junk that happens in your life will never make sense to you unless your eyes are fixed on Jesus. We'll leave it there. Moving on in Hebrews 12. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? We're going to get to that exhortation in a second. Um, But have you resisted the point of shedding blood? Shedding your own blood, um, which which we could take to even to give your own life. Um, The struggle, the struggle, what is the struggle? The struggle is not just the bad stuff that happens to you, but it's this daily fight to live for God, to, to uh, abstain from anything that is sinful and anything that would take you away from God and to keep chasing after Him 100%. The struggle is, is living a life of holiness and purity in an unholy and impure world. That is the struggle that we face. Um, but the verse 5, it, 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 uh, halfway through it says, Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? And it, it begs the question, are you a child of God? Are you a child of God? Why is this important? The bad stuff that happens in life, um, whether they, they come, uh, come from God or they come from, from just life or whatever, um, the trials that we face, the temptations that we face, um, what uh, our relationship with God is going to uh, be the prism that we see that through. It'll be the lens through which we see all of that that is happening. And if you are not a, a son of God or a child of God, a daughter of God, again, I'm repeating myself, but it's not going to make sense to you. The pain that happens in life, the, the adversity that you face. Are you a child of God? Because when we are a child of God, if you see yourself as God's son or God's daughter, you will see struggle differently. Listen, you will see it in a completely different point of view. And we're going to get to the reason why. And just uh, let's continue on here in Hebrews 12. It says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. 
And he's quoting here from Proverbs chapter 3. If you go to Proverbs chapter 3 and read through it at, towards the end, this is word for word what comes from Proverbs 3. One of my favorite chapters of the Bible. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Uh, very, very common scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. Um, a few verses later, it has, it has a, a few verses about giving. Um, and how God blesses when we give. Um, the Lord disciplines those he loves. If you can see the stuff that is happening in your life as God's discipline, maybe it didn't come from God, maybe God didn't say, I'm going to smite you, but you faced a circumstance that just happened. If you see that as God's discipline, it will change the way that you do it. Why? Because God disciplines who? Those he loves. I don't know about you, but I would rather God love me <laughs> than to be outside of that love. And God loves all of us. Uh, it says in John 3.16, God so loved all of us. God so loved each and every one of us, the world, that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. That is each and every one of us. And we have to accept that love. God disciplines those he loves. Um, so my question is, how do you respond when things get tough? The, 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 first half of, the second half of verse 5, um, the first half of what I have on the screen. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. This so, happens, so often happens to us when bad stuff happens. Maybe you can put yourself in this case. But um, I remember a time when I was fired from a job. Has that ever happened to anybody? Um, it has happened to me. And it was painful. And it was horrible. And I, if you're like me, guys, um, you know that we as men tend to wrap our identity in what we do. Right? It's, so when, when I meet another guy or another guy meets me, um, usually we, we ask the question, so what do you do? Right? I mean, it's, it's, this is how we signify our identity to each other. So um, if, you've, if you've ever been fired from a job, it's like, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm bad at what I do? Does that mean I am, I'm no longer a person? You know, it's like, um, but I, I remember going through this process of, of really just not understanding why. And, and, uh, and if that's ever happened to you, um, you, you may, it, it comes with everything else. Is how, we're, how am I going to pay the bills? How are we going to afford the house? You know, um, what does this mean? What's next? I don't know what's next. Um, you know, it's, and uh, we all have friends that are, that are in transition. You know, I, I have a friend right now who is kind of in that, that boat. He, he said, I feel like it was time to move on. But so God says, stop doing what you're doing. But he hasn't told me what's next. So I quit my job. And now I'm looking for a job. And I'm really confused. Um, it can be hard. When the bad stuff happens... Um, these are the two ways that our flesh wants to respond. The first one is to, is to take it lightly, just brush it off. It's like, oh, that bad thing happened, whatever, it's just whatever. I'm just going to move on, I'm not going to deal with it, I'm going to ignore it, it'll go away. Um, you know, when, when God is disciplining me, when, when I feel like God is speaking to me, I'm just going to ignore that voice. When there's that voice um, knocking at my heart, tugging at my heart, I'm just going to ignore it. When God is, when I feel like God's trying to get my attention, I'm saying, be quiet. I don't want to hear it. That so often can happen, or we just laugh it off. Like, <laughs> everybody else is doing, doing this 
thing that I'm doing, you know, ev- everyone else is, is cheating, everybody else is, you know, whatever, it's like, why should I care? I'm just going to brush it off. That is one response that, that our flesh wants to make. The other one is maybe to be oversensitive, and wh- that's what it's saying in the second part of this is, um, as we look at that verse, nor be weary when reproved by him. Um, God does not beat us up. God does not um, beat us up over the head. It's not like he's waiting up in heaven with a hammer, waiting for us to mess up so he can go, ha, whack, you know, and just, I'm going to make you pay for it. That's not how God is. Um, but so oftentimes, um, the enemy, um, the devil, tries to uh, make us think that God thinks that way. Again, maybe we had a bad father figure in our life who always snapped at us whenever we messed up, so we view God that way. That is not who God is. Um, but sometimes we can get so discouraged, it's like, it seems like every time I, I, I try to do the right thing and I mess up, um, everything falls apart, and I just feel so bad. Why should I even try anymore? Why am I even serving God anymore? Why am I even doing this thing anymore? Um, and I have to tell you, um, just being honest with you, I felt like when I, when I was I fired in that situation, that is where I was. It's like, why am I even doing this anymore? Why, why do I even try? I want to just give up and, and uh, you know, go sell cars or something. It's, you know, it's, it's like this, this can so a- often happen to us um, where we despair and we forget about the goodness of God. We can't do that. Don't lose heart. Moving on, it says in verse 7, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Okay, maybe. Uh, Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? So what does it mean to be treated like a son? I was a... I was at a, my son's baseball, uh, t-ball practice um, uh, th- earlier this week. And uh, he's in kinder, just finished kindergarten. He's going to be a first grader. And uh, he, he's kind of at that age where, where some of the kids are really good at listening and following directions. And some of them are just like, do 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 You know, just uh, looking at their feet and drawing pictures in the sand. You know, it's, it's like, what's the ball like? Um, you know, rolls right by them, and they have no idea what's going on. And I, I was watching this dad, um, just kind of watching his kid, and he's like, hey, come here. And this kid came here, he's like, you've got to pay attention. And you da, da, da. And the kid's like, okay, dad. And he goes back, and, and he tried harder. And, and it was like, that is what a dad is. A dad disciplines, why? Because he loves. You know, it, it, there's, there's correction that happens. Um, so what does it mean to be treated like a son? Um, if, if, if God didn't care about us, he would never, ever talk to us. He would never try to change us. The worst thing that if God really hated you, he would leave you the way you are and leave you to walk down the path that your flesh wants to walk down and, and let you just go astray and do whatever you want to do until you end up um, so far away and, and uh, so lost um, that it would take a miracle for you to turn around. If God didn't care about you, that's where you would be. But God cares about you so much. He is, he is coming to you. He is he's speaking to you. Like I said, that knock on your heart, that tug at your heart. God is trying to correct you. He's trying to discipline you. He's trying to speak to you. And so many times, um, 
you know, we, we need to open up our hearts and allow him to speak to us. God wants to do this. He wants to treat you as a son, as a daughter. Moving on, verse 10. For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. For those who have been trained by it. That is the key phrase here. And this really gets to the meat of this whole passage in in my mind. Is when the bad things are happening in your life, when you are facing the struggle against sin, when you are facing the heartache of tragedy, what do you do with it? If you allow yourself to be trained by it, that means you're going to take whatever, you know, poop sandwich that life just gave you, whatever, right? And you're going you're to take that thing and you're going to say, God, I don't like this. I don't, I don't want this. I wish this wasn't a part of my life right now. I, I wish that this would go away. But what do you want me to learn through this? God, how do you want me to learn from this? Is there something in my heart that you want to change? Is there something in my life that I need to get right? Is there something out of balance in my life that I need to get back into balance? God, what do you want to do through this? Because God works all things for the good of those who trust him. All things. It doesn't mean everything, everything is coming like God's not throwing the punches, but God is going to be there to coach you and say, okay, you took that punch. This is what you got to do now. That is what we have to do, to be trained by it. And nothing seems pleasant at the time. Isn't that true? <laughs> nothing seems pleasant at the time, but later it will yield fruit. The, the junk that you're going through right now will yield fruit in your life if you allow God to train you with it. The, the, the horrible circumstance that you are facing right now, and it seems like there's no end in sight, God can bear fruit from that in your life and, and turn it around into something good for you. Does that mean that he's going to fix the situation? It's going to be done in, in two days and you'll never have to worry about it again? No, that's not what it's saying. But God can bring fruit. So why does God discipline us? Just a few quick points. I, I think I have six here. We'll, we'll just go through them. They're, they're really a summary as we're wrapping up this morning. This is really a summary of what I've said. Why does God discipline us? The first one is, is to show that he, he loves us, that we are, we are his children. No, the first is to show us we are his children. And it, it says that in verse 7 and 8. God disciplines his son, his daughter. So if, when you're, you're facing the garbage that you're going through, what should you take away from that? One is to know that you are God's child. You must know that. You have to know that. And the second one is very similar, is to show you that God loves you. Because God disciplines who? Those he loves. And God can train you through whatever you're going through. Not like a dog, okay? We're not, we're not training you like a dog. That's not, that's not what this is. Sorry, that, that just jumped in my head. Maybe someone has thought that. I don't like that word. Someone's thinking, right? Um, but, but God wants to teach you through that. The third, the third one is to save us and make us holy. To, uh, God doesn't want us to be like all of the unbelievers. He doesn't want us to fall away. He wants us to um, be close to him. The fourth one, to draw us close to him 
um, so that we don't fall away. God wants to, us to, when we're facing this stuff, to draw near to God. And this, God, our, our relationship with God is, is maybe in some ways, at least from our direction, not so much different than other relationships. When, when, uh, when, when difficulties strain your relationship, that can either bring you closer together or tear you apart. Many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And our relationship with God is, is much the same way. God's not stressed, but when we're stressed, how we respond is so important. Be trained by it. Be taught by it and draw close to God. The, the fifth one is to become more like Christ. We started this whole thing with, uh, with verses 1 through 3, and it talked about how, how Jesus um, faced the cross. For the joy set before him endured the cross. He, he is the perfect example of, of what this looks like. Um, he, he considered it joy to go to the cross, to go through that horrible thing. Why? Because he knew the rewards at the other end. And the last one, to purify us. God wants to make us pure. As we're wrapping up, um, it just there's a few more verses of Hebrews 12 um, that's a good landing spot for us. It says in verse 12, Therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which, there, without which no one will see the Lord. Look at these words. Drooping. Weak. Lame. Out of joint. Uh, <laughs> that, doesn't make, that doesn't make us sound like, you know, really strong and powerful people, does it? It's like, I think the writer of Hebrews is acknowledging we are weak. We are not going to be perfect. And that's why, like, the takeaway from this is we're not expected to be perfect. We're expected to fight the struggle. We're not expected to be perfect. We're expected to fight the struggle. You will have drooping arms and weak knees. You will be lame. You will be out of joint. But strengthen yourself. Straighten the paths where you can. Um, and, and, uh, and allow God to, to be your strength for you. All right? That is so important to know. And this, the, last, the last verse. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. There's two pitfall, pitfalls to watch out for as we face the struggle. We talked about how we respond, but these are two, two footfalls, when, pitfalls. When the bad stuff happens to you, beware the root of bitterness. If you never put the pain in your life in perspective and allow God to train you, to teach you through it, and if you never forgive no, those that offend you, you will have this root of bitterness that will take deep root inside of you and will poison everything in your life. I have seen this. I have fought this in my life. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. The root of bitterness is a real thing, and it can, it can taint the rest of your life. And it can sidetrack you from what God wants to do. You've got to um, face this head on. Do not allow yourself to become bitter about what life throws at you. 
And the second thing, um, the temptation is to take the easy way or the shortcut or immediate gratification um, than doing the hard work of letting God train us through stuff. Um, they talk about Esau, how he sold his birthright for a meal and then wanted the blessing later when it was too late. Um, let's not be like that. Don't take the easy way. So the writer of Hebrews uh, quoted Proverbs 3, and that's where we'll end today, if, you, if you'll stand. Earlier in, in Proverbs 3, um, it said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Fathers, the greatest legacy you could ever leave for your family Moms, this is for you too. The greatest legacy you could ever leave for your family is to trust in God. To trust in God. Because where your feet go, those little feet will follow. And as you follow God uh, and, and be that prayer of blessing of your family, uh, I pray that they would follow you as you follow God. Trust in God. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for, um, for this uh, maybe a tougher word today. Uh, just encouraging us as we face this, the, the trials that life will throw at us. God, I pray that we would um, not look at it from the ground level, but we will go to the 30,000 feet view or the 50,000 feet view and we'll get a big picture of what you're doing God. God I pray that we would see with your eyes and God we would ask these questions. What do you want me to learn through this hardship? What do you want me to learn through this struggle? Through this sickness? Um, teach me God. Teach me what you want me to learn. God I, I might not be able to change my circumstances today. I pray that you will. God I'm not going to stop praying that you change the circumstances. I'm not going to stop praying that you bring healing. I'm not going to stop praying that you, that you provide. But God, I, I want to start with change me. Help me see this differently. Help me to grow through this. Help me to become more like you through this. Help me to face um, whatever I'm facing um, in a way that brings glory and honor to you, God. Help me to point others to you through what I am facing. And God, I pray that you would um, just bring a fresh breath of life into our hearts, um, knowing that you love us. You love me. God, you love me enough to, uh, to train me. You love me enough to speak into my life, to coach me. God, you love each one here enough to speak into their life. God, to, to uh, coach them along. God, give us hearts that are sensitive to hear from you. Help us to become more like you. Make us holy like you are holy, God. In your name we pray, amen.